It's time for the SwampSwamiSports.com audio podcast. It's the XFL 3.0. Get the coffin ready again. After two unsuccessful attempts in 2001 and 2020, the XFL, now version 3.0, arrived last weekend. And much like the wrestling's Undertaker, we cannot keep this bad idea buried for very long. The first two incarnations of the XFL were fueled by the WWE's Vince McMahon. Neither lasted more than one season. Hopefully, Vince was able to utilize his losses to obtain a significant tax write-off from those two failed attempts at professional football. In 2023, a third rising of the XFL just launched this past weekend. Yet another well-known name in professional wrestling is now trying to make the Spring Football League a success. For the bargain low, low price of just $15 million, former professional wrestler turned movie star Dwayne The Rock Johnson, his ex-wife, get it, ex-wife, Danny Garcia, and a venture capital firm, translated, they invest someone else's money into this, have tag-teamed to produce the XFL version 3.0. Now, The Rock was a good enough football player to have earned a college scholarship to play for the University of Miami Hurricanes. And though he was primarily a backup defensive lineman, he still tried to make a go of professional football after graduating from the U with a degree in criminology and physiology. Dwayne Johnson's pro football career did not last very long. After a brief two-month stint with the Canadian Football League, he was cut and his football career ended. With relatives already working for Vince McMahon's WWF promotion at that time, a tag team known as the Samoans you might remember, Dwayne Johnson's athletic ability and fan-friendly personality helped to make him into one of the most successful wrestling stars beginning in the 1990s. The Rock, who now has a net worth of more than $250 million. Now earns a guarantee for each movie of more than $20 million apiece. His first wife, Danny Garcia, was The Rock's business manager for about a decade after earning her business degree from the University of Miami, too. After the couple divorced in 2008, Dwayne Johnson started to spend more time on his acting career, while his ex-wife became a movie producer. And she now has an estimated net worth over $40 million. For two people who should understand that personality is vitally important to success in the public's eye, the problem with the XFL, along with every other spring football iteration, is that the league is fairly devoid of unique personalities on the football field itself. The XFL has hired several well-known names to coach the league's eight teams. Bob Stoops, you might remember, was the head coach at Oklahoma. He's now coaching the Arlington Renegades in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Longtime NFL coach Wade Phillips is the crew chief of the Houston Roughnecks. Other former NFL stars like Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver Heinz Ward, he's at San Antonio, defensive back Rod Woodson, he's at Las Vegas, and Terrell Buckley in Orlando are all coaching XFL teams this season. The Rock has been quite visible in promotional efforts to launch his new XFL. Unfortunately, the 50-year-old wrestling legend has not yet participated on the football field, so the league must depend on the quality of play on the field to attract regular season viewers and fans to come into the stadiums. The XFL's on-field product looks nearly the same as last year's USFL. 
It also looks similar to several of the other failed spring football ventures in recent times. Back in 2020, the XFL's version 2.0, well, it filed for bankruptcy after just five weeks due to inability to play after the COVID shutdown. Just a year earlier in 2019, it was the Alliance of American Football, the AAF, remember them? They closed after just eight weeks, and the league filed for a Chapter 7 bankruptcy, listing over $48 million worth of liabilities. Going back to 2001 was the first version of the XFL, and both the WWE and NBC lost $35 million apiece in their one and only season. Even going further back to 1983, 84, and 85, it was the U.S. Football League's first version, which played spring and summer for three years. And though the league lost a reported $163 million over those three seasons, the USFL eventually won a lawsuit against the big bad NFL, alleging that they were a monopoly operation. In winning the lawsuit, the USFL pocketed just $1, that's right, $1 in damages. Week one of the XFL has come and gone, and let's check out the scores from that first weekend of games in this 2023 version of the XFL. It was the Arlington Renegades 22, the Vegas Vipers 20. Home attendance in Arlington was just 12,047. On Saturday evening, the Houston Roughnecks won their opener 33-12 over the Orlando Guardians, and the home attendance at the University of Houston's home field was 12,784. Then on Sunday, the St. Louis Battlehawks rallied in the fourth quarter to defeat the San Antonio Brahmas 18-15. Attendance in San Antonio wasn't bad, 24,245. And the final of the four games last Sunday night was the D.C. Defenders of Washington 22, the Seattle Sea Dragons 18. Attendance in D.C. was 12,438. So that home field attendance average in week number one was just 15379 per game. Now let's assume an average ticket price of about $25. That would make your in-stadium ticket revenue about $385,000 per game. That might sound good, but there are 51 players on each team's roster. They each earn $60,000 a year. That works out to about $6,000 per game per player for the 10-game regular season. And the weekly player cost is $306,000 per game per team. There are two teams on the field every week, so you'd need $612,000 to cover that cost. You see where I'm going here. When you add the cost of stadium leases, which can run up to $100,000 per game, stadium staff, television production crew, coaching staffs, hotel, travel, food, other assorted items, well, there's a very good chance that the XFL lost some significant money in week number one. I did watch portions of all four XFL games this past weekend. The Disney family of networks, ABC, ESPN, ESPN2, and the FX channel, will each carry some of the games. And if you're paying $9.99 a month for ESPN+, congratulations, you're able to watch every single XFL game via the internet. Beginning this week in week two, there is a Thursday night game. And the first two XFL week number two games are going to be televised, though, on the more obscure FX network. And this Sunday's doubleheader returns to ESPN, followed by the nightcap on ESPN2. After a benign weather start in week number one of the XFL, they're going to face much more unsettled weather this week in week number two. And that's one of the reasons why the NFL ends its regular season games in early January, to avoid playing regular season games in cold and wet and miserable weather conditions. 
This Thursday night, the home debut for Seattle is going to be played in that same outdoor stadium used by the NFL's Seahawks. The game will kick off Thursday night with temperatures in the upper 20s. This Saturday night's game, XFL home opener for Las Vegas, will be played outside at the UNLV football stadium on the campus. The game will feature a decent chance of cold rain and temperatures hovering around 40 degrees at kickoff. Brr, that's cold. In contrast, Sunday afternoon's XFL game, the first home game for Orlando, will kick off with a sweltering afternoon temperature in February, near 85 degrees. And the Sunday nightcap in Houston is going to feature temperatures in the mid-70s with the typical high humidity. The XFL's on-field performance in television during week number one, it met my expectations. Having just 12,000 fans, though, in a 60,000-seat football stadium in Arlington, Texas, was not a very good look. However, the Sunday night game played in the Washington, D.C. Audi Center with a capacity of just 20,000 absolutely made that 12,000-plus crowd a little bit more interesting and easy to hear. The D.C. crowd also got into the act. These fun-loving troublemakers circulated a fast-growing, what they called a beer snake. It's made up of plastic beer cups. And as the snake approached your area of the stadium, that section needed to add their plastic beer cups while not allowing the snake to fall apart or touch the ground as it was passed from section to section. We're talking like 50, 60, 80 foot long snake. There was a lot of drinking going on at that game. The XFL's unique extra point options were fun to watch too. The league does not allow teams to kick an extra point after scoring a touchdown. So to get one point, you place the ball on the two yard line and go from there. If you want two points, the balls move back to the five. And if you want to try for three points, you go from the 10 yard line. And that's exactly what the St. Louis Battle Wings did as they converted a three-pointer in week number one en route to a last-minute win over San Antonio. After scoring a touchdown, the XFL also allows the team a chance to forego trying an onside kick. Instead, the team may try to convert a fourth down and 15 yards to go from their own 25-yard line. And if the play doesn't work, the opposing team will get the ball inside of scoring territory. It's pretty interesting. As might be expected, the XFL's week number one offenses were not very sharp. Scoring was predictably low. The quarterback play in these spring football leagues really serves to remind us viewers of just how talented most NFL players really are. The XFL, much like the USFL, is a league where the football players are trying to earn attention from an NFL scout in hopes of moving into the NFL. Unfortunately, most won't. The television ratings for last weekend's first games of the XFL season should be the highest of the year until the playoffs begin. Now, back in 2020, the XFL version number two, when it was owned by Vince McMahon, posted about 3 million viewers per game during week number one. Last year's 2022 opening week of the USFL fell a little bit short of that mark. So speaking of the USFL, that league's 2022 goal was to achieve 1.5 million viewers per game per week in order for that league to be deemed a financial success. After just one week last April, the USFL failed to draw more than 1 million viewers for the vast majority of remaining games during their initial season. But despite that lower-than-expected home viewership, the USFL's owner, Fox Sports, is going to bring it back for another season beginning this April. Yes, we'll have two spring football leagues this year. Going back to the XFL, there are significant costs associated with producing a 10-week season of professional spring football. And the XFL must win enough home viewers every week to convince a reluctant, let's say they've been there, done that, advertising community to spend money on their weekly telecast. 
this new football league must achieve average weekly viewer totals at or above those for the NBA, men's and women's college basketball, the PGA and LIV golf, NASCAR, Indy auto racing, and other minor sports in order to grab the number one spot during this late winter, early spring period. In summary, the XFL 3.0 opening weekend went fairly well, but the real test is going to begin this week to see if those television viewers will stick around for week number two and beyond. The Rock's financial advisor might want to convert a few of his investments into cash soon just to make sure that the XFL version 3.0 remains financially afloat for an entire football season. And the XFL has a long way to go. I'm Swamp Swami.